Mel. And Kel. And this is It's Called Culture. Ever heard of it? It's called A Federal Crime. Jack Texera. Ever heard of it? <laughs> we weren't planning on talking about this whole document leak today, but we can't not because the whole world is talking about it and it just dropped today as the day that we're recording this podcast. So we shuffle some things around. We're going to we're just going to open up our show with this as our quote unquote social media roundup. <laughs> More like global news roundup. We might also push this episode up in our schedule. It wasn't supposed to air for two weeks, but we're going to turn it around quickly and try to air it for this upcoming Tuesday so that this information is not dated. Okay, let's just get right into it. <laughs> we're going to just do this Jack Texera thing, and then we'll get into the rest of our episode. We're still doing our structured episode. We have another social media roundup topic. We have culture and nostalgia and mental health like normal. We won't spend too much time on Jack, hopefully. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. I didn't fully even know the story just all hit me like a ton of bricks today. I don't know where you had heard a little bit about the document leak before the person's name was released. Yeah, I just I think I read a little something about it yesterday, but I'm the type of person that will read a headline and not the article. So I wasn't really paying attention until today it dropped <laughs> name. He was from Massachusetts. 21-year-old Portuguese, and I was like, whoa. So I like, that's when I read it this morning. Just for anyone who has no idea what we're talking about, there was some kind of large-scale document leak where like hundreds of classified top-secret documents were leaked out to the public, essentially. And they had all kinds of information about... The war, Russia, Ukraine. All of it. Yeah. All of it. All Just- that stuff. <laughs> Lots of stuff on there, and that it was the biggest U.S. intelligence leak in years, many years. Like they're they're mm-hmm. putting this guy up there with like it's different because this isn't a whistleblower situation, but like like the Edward Snowden stuff. Yeah. When you hear that, and then you see the picture of this kid who they just arrested for it, you're like, what? Like it just doesn't even seem like it adds up. Like the whole this is a global news. Scan- like scandal over this kid who lived in Dighton, Massachusetts. <laughs> 20 minutes away from me. And he's 21 years old. Like the picture that they have of this kid, I keep saying kid because he's a kid. The, of this kid, he's like, he looks 12. And he's in like his little army getup outfit, his like army photo. And he like looks like a little baby. <laughs> his face looks like a little baby. <laughs> I'm like, he's so young. And now we don't normally talk about stuff like this on our show, like just general news or politics or anything like that. But the kicker here, Kelly, you already mentioned it. He was Portuguese. His last name was Texera, Jack Texera. And of course, like we recognize that immediately. Like, okay, that's a Portuguese last name. But then, of course, it came out almost immediately that his grandfather was from San Miguel. An immigrant from San Miguel. And I was like, Jesus Christ, this is good, my cousin. <laughs> we had a good, like, 20 minute, half hour back to back texting conversation 
checking our ancestry to see if we had any Texaras <laughs> to see if, we, if, if there was a possible chance that we were related to this kid in any way. <laughs> I do have Texaras in my family, of course, as we all do. Yeah. I'm just, I'm a little scared. I don't want to find out how many CMs we share. <laughs> I don't want to know. So obviously this is a serious matter, but I have to find something funny out of every situation. I try to at least, because, you know, we, we just need to laugh. He was doing his, like, homework in the backyard when SWAT team, like, approached. He was, like, reading a book or, like, writing on his back patio. And it's like 80 degrees today on a Friday in Massachusetts. He was like in shorts, you know, probably catching some vitamin D, reading, doing homework, whatever it was. And he's just getting like his name freaking called to like you that he's like under arrest. It's just <laughs> mind boggling. When you know the, like the details of like how it all came out and like why, what his motivation was and why he did it. It was literally like he was in like. And and who knows, more is going to come out about this. But he was in like gaming chat rooms with like these online friends that he had made. And they would just like talk about stuff. And they, they granted, I heard there was all kinds of shady shit going on in those yeah, chat same. rooms. Like they were racist and they were spreading all kinds of hate speech memes in, in there. Yeah. And they're talking about their love of guns and all this shit. But he was sharing this information in there. And it was almost like a, teenager type of thing and then look what i got guys like it was just like his motivation was just to like show people his importance like oh look at these documents that i have in my possession trying to impress his friends like was like the the rationale or the motivation for why he did it i guess that's what you get for giving a 21 year old a security clearance yeah, I don't know. I haven't gotten too far into the details of how he obtained these documents, but a lot of people, a lot of articles I've read are still trying to figure out how he even had access to this. Right. But needless to say, he had access to it and then he he shared it as like a means to impress his friends, which is just like such a weird fucking move. Yeah. Go buy like a Mercedes. Go buy a car. Don't share the government. <laughs> government intel and secrets and press your friend like it's a, it's like he thought he was just like in the cover of like the dark web or like yeah. this little chat room or wherever he is and it's just like no you're in there with 20 or 30 people like did you think that not not one of those 30 people were going to take those documents and then further disseminate them somewhere else so that's I what happened was somebody from there then put it out into the public like it was in this little private chat room and then somebody then put it onto public service and this like went all the way back to like october it didn't reach the hands of somebody who cared until like april yeah that's what i read too like i think i don't know if it was the new york times or somebody put out like a report about hey we just uncovered that there was like some classified documents out in the public and then the pentagon investigated it and then went and go got them <laughs> it's like shouldn't it be the other way around Shouldn't the Pentagon be onto it? And then the news picks up the story after the Pentagon releases it. Yeah. It just seemed a little backwards. Like they had taken the their tips from the news. Like <laughs> they watched the news to know what to go do. Like what? I almost wonder if there was someone in the inside that maybe knew what was going on. And maybe it was just like an intern or somebody that was like working hard and 
no one would listen to them. <laughs> so they're like, my boss isn't going to listen to me. I'm going to the New York Times. I don't know. <laughs> no, that's that's super valid. <laughs> I love shows about the news. Like I loved the show Newsroom. That was like, oh, I watched it like two times. I don't know why I didn't get picked up for more seasons because that was like the best. Because I just love to see like the behind the scenes stuff at the news stations. Yeah. And I just started watching the morning show with Jennifer Aniston, Steve Carell and Reese Witherspoon. I haven't watched it, but I heard great things about it. And I'm like, oh, another one. You just see how corrupt all the shit is. And you're like, oh, my God, it fucking stinks. Like all of it. It's so corrupt. It smells like corruption. Oh, God. I know. It's so. So, yeah, like, who knows what's really going down in these situations. But either way, Mr. Teixeira is having a bad day. He got picked up from his mom's flower shop. I know. I read that, too. (laughs) I was like, that's awful. What do you think the neighbors thought of it? Just imagine like being outside, like, I don't know, you're outside watering your pondage or you're outside with your conze and all of a sudden this big massive vehicle comes with all these people coming out of it in tactical gear and guns. <laughs> like, what are you thinking is happening next door? I would think that they were like arresting some kind of like a, a shooting suspect. Like right. this guy just shot something up. And they're they found him and they're taking him out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not a <laughs> twenty-one-year-old cybersecurity. No. <laughs> no. Leaking like detailed <laughs> war, like battlefield maps and shit. What I can't understand is when people post these things online. Do they think it stays hidden? Like, it's going to be seen. <laughs> Do they think it's not tra- like traceable back to them? <sighs> like, I'm pretty sure his username was like Jack J- <laughs> Jack Tax. <laughs> I don't think he was like hiding his identity. Like, he wasn't like anonymous. But it's the same. It goes for like in the true crime world when people kill someone and they're like, like the Murdoch, he had his phone off when he was like killing his wife and son. He had his phone off during the time he was doing it. But prior to that, his phone had been on all day and he had been texting and calling because he was an attorney. Little things like that, like where people go and they'll delete their text messages or, you know, delete phone calls. I'm like, they, they can get into that stuff. <laughs> they can get into your phone. Just like they can with your computer. Like they can get into it. Even if you deleted it, they can still get into it. They can retrieve a lot of it. I know. I know. I feel like he felt like there was no way that the U.S. government was going to show up at his door with, like, armored vehicles to take him out. Right. It's one of those things, like, you know, when you're, like, burning DVDs and it says, like, punishable by law. We all know it's illegal, but we do it anyway. Like I was just going to say, that's our version of what he did (laughs) was burning CDs. Or downloading from, like, Napster. (laughs) Yeah, like, that's what we did. We were in our, like, young 20s. (laughs) I'm not saying an intel (laughs) of, like, war in other countries. (laughs) This kid took it to another level. Yeah, he did, he did, he did. We were on the ground floor. He was on the roof. 
Do you remember a kid in our elementary school or middle school situation that he got in trouble for like the illegal like, downloading music? Holy shit. Yes, I do. And we were all like scared shitless. Like I was convinced that oh the cops were going to show up at my door any second. Holy you have to tell me off air who it was because I remember that situation. I remember being us being all so scared. Right, because we were like, no, so-and-so got a letter I can't <laughs> from the government. <laughs> you just unlocked that memory for me, but I can't think of who the kid was. So, yeah, so I feel like he thought it was on that level. Jack Texera thought he was just pirate in some dvds over here <laughs> oh we're all doing it nobody's gonna come and like slap my wrist for this no senor senor teixeira you were very wrong your parents if they were really portuguese yeah again we don't really know <laughs> we just know his grandparents were from the from the islands I saw a video of his mom and his dad like walking through a crowd of reporters and like I would not have said that they looked Portuguese. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like, oh, my God, how Portuguese are these people? Like, no, it didn't look like that at all. But let me tell you, if all those cars came to pick you up (laughs) at your house, they'd be taking you out in a body bag because your (laughs) your dad would have beat you to a fault. I would be sish pash. I would be six feet on there already. You want her, you can take her, but it's going to be already moored in the sock. Oh, fucking yeah. Wait, luckily, like, we never got in trouble with cops or anything. But, like, if we, that was always, like, a big fear if we did. Because, like, our fathers would kick our asses if we, if a police officer ever came to our house or, like, we ever had to get picked up at the police station. Nunca. Imagine a freaking SWAT team. <laughs> Dude, so I just kept thinking, so I'm like, oh, my God, the, the legal trouble and the legal fees that these parents are gonna have to go through like they are just like their life is like totally ruined right by this could you imagine like like a portuguese dad like he ain't paying for that shit he ain't paying i'm shaking my head no because they're not you got yourself into this mess you get yourself out a thousand percent mommy's gonna pack a little marmita i'll send it to you (laughs) in jail yeah, no, they, they're not spending their hard-earned money to get you out of trouble. No. No. This just came out today, so we, there's a lot of information we don't know. He maybe is, like, a good kid, and he just did something really stupid because he's young, he's 21, and we all did stupid things at 21. Not this stupid. <laughs> no, <laughs> not this stupid. I, I feel for the parents. Because mm. I obviously don't know if they knew what was going on. I have no idea. Like, obviously, my parents are super Portuguese. They don't know what the hell I do online. Almost a 35-year-old adult. But still, like, they just, they weren't, they didn't know what we were doing online at that age. No, not at all. Not so at all. His parents may have not known what he was doing. And it's just like, so I feel for the parents. I truly do. So I, obviously, I'm assuming they're innocent in this as well. Like, I can't even say you ruined it a day. You, like, ruined, you ruined your parents. <laughs> He's not like eating bacalia at the table with his parents and being like, oh, shared another confidential document today, Ma. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He's just sharing that information at the <laughs> dinner table. He's looking at like 10 years at least. I saw something that said like it had like a max penalty of 15. 
okay. So I saw 10, you saw 15. And 15 as the max. I don't know what he's actually looking at, but. But they do say federal prison is nicer <laughs> than a state prison. He gonna find out. <laughs> they always say it's nicer. So does that mean he ain't going to Bristol County? <laughs> I know. That's what I was thinking. I was like, holy shit. But I was like, oh, no, it's federal. So he's probably like, he's long gone. He was in, he was in Boston this morning. <laughs> and another note. How pissed my father would be that he had to drive to Boston the next day because <laughs> of court. Why do the parents have to go show up to court? Like, they didn't fucking do anything. You know what I mean? I know. But if your kid got arrested, his father whispered, I love you. They whispered, I love you back to each other. Oh, did they? Yeah. Upai. Upai feed. And spitzons. He's going to need a lot of his I Did I read something about something like he said, like, oh, this is all in God's hands now? Did you read that? No, I don't know. I, I saw something that it was like, oh, this is in God's hands now or something. I don't know. So all of a sudden he wants to get fucking religious, but. Oh, in God, it's all in God's hands. God's not paying you. It's early. You're going to need to put a little more in your envelope for the church now. <laughs> make, sure, make sure you're putting the, the big bills in the bushketa when it comes around. Well, there is one thing that Jack Tepstower does not need to worry about. Summer traffic heading to the Cape Cod. <laughs> Where he's going, there is no traffic. <laughs> the, the final thing I'm going to say about this is I only saw in like one or two places where they were even talking about his like Portuguese heritage or history. Like most of the articles like didn't even touch on that. But we heard that the articles all over Portugal were all over the fact that he was from there or his family was from there and from San Miguel and all that stuff. And apparently it was confirmed maybe to CNN by the head of Casa dos Açores in Fall River. <laughs> Like this guy decided he was going to take it upon himself as his Casa de Jesus duty to confirm the heritage of this man. You and I just went to go look up Casa de Jesus in Fall River before we got on here. There's like three, three or four things that come up and it's like the Casa de Jesus in Toronto comes up and then there's the Casa de Jesus and it says Fall River. But then it's like the Google results for this page and it's called a jewelry store. I'm like, a jewelry store? Like, what do you mean a jewelry store? It's like a it's like a cultural society kind of thing, right? Yeah, so this jewelry store looks like a front for this cause to do a sushi. <laughs> it even says in-store shopping. And I'm like, for what? Like the cultural center. And then you go to like the pictures and it's just a bunch of kaderish facing the banderish. <laughs> and I'm like, what? a jewelry store? And then you go down to the bottom and it's like founders and it's all their names listed, but no pictures of them. No, it's just like the shady, like, <laughs> like outline of a head. So I'm like, ah, he's a thought because he did it. <laughs> Wait, we have no idea. This is the first time I've heard of Cause of Sush. Yeah. So we're just joking, but yeah, I just thought it was really funny because it made it look like a mattress firm situation where it was like <laughs> covering for like money laundering. 
so I, I left work early today. So I was outside with my dog and my dad and we were talking about it for a bit. And he said it was all over the Portuguese channel too. So like the Portuguese channel here. I was just hoping that it wasn't going to be one of those things where they just start referring to him only by like, oh, Azorian immigrant grandson Portuguese descendant like if that was like how they were habitually referring to him yeah. I was like oh no this is like big dance all over again we're gonna get <laughs> the xenophobes out and I'm like shit we're gonna cover big dance on another episode we have that slated yeah. but I didn't read any of the Portuguese articles did you take a look did it say did it just say like a Massachusetts Portuguese they're difficult because they're like translated, I think, from Portuguese into English. And then like a little bit gets lost in translation. Like it almost sounded like the guy from the president of Casa de Jesus was this kid's grandfather. <laughs> like I don't think that's what they intended. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a day. So now just a quick social media roundup to update on something we talked about on episode 52. We were talking about blood tests for marriage and whether or not that used to be a thing and why. And I had thought it was because of checking for relation to see if people were blood relatives or not. And I thought it was for diseases. And I have good news for you because Dan Medeiros, our friend there from the Herald News, we always engage with him on Twitter. We have great dialogue on Portuguese cultural topics. He listened to that episode and then reached out to tell me that it was, in fact, to check for venereal diseases such as yes! syphilis. Specifically, syphilis is like how it started. Oh, wow. Okay, that's what I thought it could be. I thought it was for everything. I just didn't realize it was just kind of that specific one at first. You can find a Wikipedia page about anything. This Wikipedia page is called Premarital Medical Examination. And it talks all about it. Such laws were once widespread in the United States with all but eight states requiring premarital blood tests by 1954. Most of these laws were repealed between the 1970s and early 2000s. So there were states still like Mississippi was the last to repeal it in 2012. So in 2012, like I got married in 2012. Oh, my God. And they were still doing syphilis blood tests. <laughs> it's not a bad thing to know. It's weird. They had like a poster encouraging premarital syphilis blood tests. I wonder why just syphilis. Maybe it was just more prevalent. Yeah. And so this one says it's like it's a it's a poster. Like I could just imagine these were like all around like on the telephone poles. <laughs> and it says stamp out syphilis and then it says every baby is entitled to be born healthy blood tests and examination should be made before marriage by your doctor or bureau of social hygiene clinic stuyvesant place staten island oh okay so it seems like they're probably more concerned about not specifically you having it but if you have a baby in your marriage so your baby won't get it so the the thing that I find funny is that like, so it was, they were tying it to marriage, 
And it's like, that's so fucking presumptuous. Like you're assuming these people ain't having sex before marriage. You're assuming <laughs> that they want to have babies. And like, you're just, there's a lot of presumptions in there. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying it was like the 1950s. People were, quote, unquote, having sex before marriage back then. Wink, wink. They wink, weren't. Wink. <laughs> they definitely weren't. And if they were, they weren't telling you about it. They were lying about it creating whole ass lies about it let's just <laughs> let's just put it like that because we'll probably talk about this in another episode but like there was such shame involved in premarital sex they would rather tell you that somebody died than you had a baby with them out of wedlock well i got a slew of information today <laughs> <laughs> a slew of information so i just wanted to give you that update and let you know that you were in fact correct thank you dan i'm i'm never really right when it comes with me but (laughs) so i'll take it no 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 it's true (laughs) we played wordle together (laughs) you stopped playing wordle (laughs) i I did (laughs) now you guys are you and the other ones our other friend, you guys are playing something else. I have no idea. It's like called like octagon, octurtle, <laughs> nocturnal. I have no idea what it ring a thing. I'm like, what are they doing? We'll have to talk about that on another episode too. But for now, we got to get into our show. So, cultural topic today has nothing to do with anything that we've talked about to this point in this in this show. <laughs> we've stumbled upon this interesting article and it was about british food folklore there were some things in there that were just really unique (laughs) that we wanted to bring up and then there were some things that also reminded us of our culture and made us think that we're all just the same it doesn't matter what culture they all we all have our shit but like they all oftentimes seem more similar than not we will cite the article that we're talking about in our show notes and we just picked out the ones we found most interesting First up, bread. There's a few of these surrounding bread. If a hole formed in the middle of your loaf, it was called a coffin. And it predicted a coming death. If the yeast failed to rise, then you had been cursed by a witch. But they could be kept off by marking the bread with a cross on top. The Portuguese always put that little cruz on the top of their masa. I would say that's a very Portuguese thing to do. And on their bread. Yep. Ooh, do we think that's why? So when I made my failed masa a couple years ago for Easter, first of all, the yeast did not rise. I did not think that I was cursed by a witch. I thought that my yeast was just five years past the expiration date, which it was. (laughs) I don't think I did the little cruise on top. It's almost like you have to say a prayer to the Holy Ghost and he's going to cook that bread for you there in the oven. Oh. My sweet bread came out disgusting. It was not cooked in the center. You fucked up. (laughs) I fucked up. I forgot to summon the gods to help cook the bread. My mom must pray every time because her masa always rises. (laughs) Next time when she makes masa, I got to watch it, see if I'm catching her in prayer. The coffin thing, though, it was interesting. So, like, if a hole forms in the middle of your bread. It predicted a coming death. Yeah, I don't like that. 
when you were little, did you used to do, I'm, I'm calling this like a rite of passage. Like this was a rite of passage. Like you'd have the pup search and would you just like go in there and just like take all the, the mule out? Absolutely. That's how I would eat my bread. It'd be a big like circle in the middle. My mom always used to be like, oh, the little the little mice have come. The little mice have come and eaten out all the inside of the bread. And I was the little mouse because I would just like take all the innards of the pup suck and just leave like a little pup suck shell. Me too. I used to like uh, take them out and then like squish them up into like a little bowl, ball and eat them like a ball in my oh, mouth. Like the dough. <laughs> I used to do that too. I'd roll it like it was like Play-Doh for some reason. I do it with cheese now for my dog with her pill. I'm like, whoop, little ball. <laughs> Dude, th- that would make a great pill pocket. Yeah, like your own little ball. Huh? <laughs> that was an unlocked memory for me. I forgot rolling up the little <laughs> dough from the pup section. I would do it sometimes where like it was a whole pup sack and I would just make like a little like finger hole and I would just like like make a little hook with my finger and I would just <laughs> pull it all back out through the hole and it would like look like the pup sack was like still intact and then you just like put it back and then like the next person who goes to get a pup sock it's empty why were you all the same <laughs> it's like a rite of passage though because i just saw my younger cousin and they were doing it and i was like oh my god that's so cute like that's like just what you do as you grow up like you just only eat the inside of the pup sack my dad hated when i would do that you're kind of like wasted it so my body hated hated when i did that <laughs> The reason I bring that up is because the pup suck, I feel like, always had holes in them. There was, like, a lot of negative space in a pup suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were, like, holes. could be, like, dented. Like, some of them could be, like, misshapen and dented. But, like, inside, like, just, like, air pockets. Like, holes. Yeah, yeah there would be holes. Yeah. A lot of death in those pup sucks. Oh, my dad still gets them all the time. <laughs> he's, he's killing... By the dozen over there. <laughs> Pasha Medusa moot. Might have to tell him to lay off on the pop socks. Okay, so this next one is just really interesting. I don't think we have something similar in our culture, but we'll see. I don't know. Our listeners can let us know. It says this form of bread was made in a very peculiar way. Cockle bread was used by young ladies as a way to win a lover while they what? made the bread always to win a lover yeah that's not they didn't have tinsire back then (laughs) while they made the bread they would chant the following rhyme my granny is sick and now is dead and will go mold some cockle bread up with my heels and down with my head that sounds dirty and this is the way to mold cockle bread all of it sounds dirty up with my heels and down with my head Cockle. (laughs) (laughs) This gets much worse. In order to ensure their love went into the bread, the dough was kneaded with the girl's buttocks. A morsel of this bread fed to the desired boy would ensure he fell in love with her. So you're feeding this boy ass bread (laughs) pretty much. And he's going to fall in love with you. She kneaded the bread with her buttocks. She took a shower before. (laughs) She is just planting kisses all over that dough with her brown eye. 
Uh, there's got to be a better way to find a man. <laughs> I won't go to these great lengths for this, for a man. Do you think this is how yeast infections started? <laughs> 1,000%. A little dough in the machine. <laughs> Ma'am, you got to stop sitting on bread. <laughs> I bet your bottom dollar that it was. <laughs> Like, is she just like sitting and then getting up, sitting, getting up, sitting, getting up, and that's how she's kneading it? Or is she just doing some like clench action with her cheeks while she's sitting on the dough? Right. Or could she be like molding her buttocks? I feel like you would win a lover if you gave him like a molded piece of bread that looked like your ass. This seems like it was pre genital shaving situation. Yeah, you're right. So was there a chance like you were going to get a little kablang in your <laughs> in your mouth? Oh, that's just the butt hair. <laughs> a little hair doesn't hurt anyone. <laughs> also, could you catch a disease if somebody had something on their butt? <laughs> like, this is why you had to <laughs> do blood tests for syphilis. You're fucking kneading the bread with your ass out here. Like, what is going on? <laughs> it comes full circle. So the bet, I don't even know, like, I'm, ha- I'm having a, I'm struggling to pull myself together to continue this list because the next item on the list is called hot cross buns, which just seems like it's what the previous one should have been called. <laughs> hot cross buns are one of the most delicious aspects of a British Easter. The buns are stuffed with dried fruits and spices and marked with a cross on the top. According to tradition, a hot cross bun will never go moldy. In several London pubs, hot cross buns are hung up every year and still look remarkably good. Their sanctity preserves the buns from rotting. Though it may be the spices as well. Either or. The spices or their (laughs) holiness. Who knows? And it gives them magical properties. In former years, preserved hot cross buns were grated into food and drink as a cure for all manner of ailments. They were also hung in houses to prevent fires. When hung in barns, the buns stopped evil spirits from attacking the livestock. And sailors wanting to ensure their ship did not sink would always have a hot cross bun on board. So this hot cross bun is magical. It prevents all of this stuff. It's a jack of all trades. Cures ailments. <laughs> it dude, it does everything. The shit people would believe. I know, but I also wonder if, like, for example, the next one we're gonna talk about, you almost sort of did something like this. Well, you did. And it kind of helped you and it worked. So maybe these people did think all the, all this pounce is gonna do all these things for them. Maybe the girl they think like, hey, if I wipe my ass with some bread, I'm going to get a man. Like, I'm just picturing for this particular one with these hot cross bonds, like, it's just like, there's a sailor, he's on a ship, and he's like, don't worry, got my hot cross bun on board, we ain't going to go down, right? We can go through the storm. Yeah, that ship unfortunately happened to be the Titanic, okay? <laughs> so it did go down. R.I.P. <laughs> Little Mr. Sailor, what has he got left? He's just clinging to a hot cross bun across the ocean. Like, he's just got his little hot cross bun trying to save him. 
I think there was room for Jack on the door as well. I'm just saying. There was. There was. <laughs> that bitch wanted that diamond necklace all to herself. Uh, only if Jack had some hot cross bun. Someone who's really good at like internet memes needs to just do like Rose on the door <laughs> and then Jack being lifted afloat by like hot cross buns on the side. Really good. You're you're also at them. The other day I was like, hey, blah, blah, blah. Can we do something with the office and this and that? And boom, you got it in like 20 minutes. I dabble. You may or may not see a Leonardo DiCaprio hot cross buns <laughs> compilation <laughs> coming at you. Flowing through the ocean. This next one is turnips. If your child had whooping cough, then there was one way for turnips to be a cure. Take a turnip, slice it into half-inch strips, layer them with brown sugar, and the thick liquid that oozes out was then fed to the sick child. That's my carrot syrup. I was going to say, you did that with your carrots. It's nerdish. And I just thought it was like so magical how I just put dry sprinkled sugar on it. And then I came back and it, I had Robitussin in there. <laughs> and you had like a voice the next day. I think I was also taking traditional over-the-counter medication <laughs> as well. But it was the Sidopa. But I just thought that was interesting because it was just kind of like, can you do this with anything? Like you can milk anything with nipples. Like can you, <laughs> can you make a Sidopa out of anything that grows out of the ground? Yeah, I, I would like turnips, carrots. Could you do it with like potatoes? I, I gotta look up like what is it about the carrot that makes it into the sidopa and what is a turnip? More importantly, what is a turnip? <laughs> Isn't that in the I don't want to say it because I don't want to sound stupid, but I thought it was in the potato family. Like it's like it's, I'm getting like a beet vibe. Like a yeah, beet. like a kind of like a carrot and a beet. Had a baby and it was a turnip. Is it really a vegetable or is it just the root of a weed? I don't know. <laughs> I will be a big turnip for like potatoes. I don't know. <laughs> I'm Portuguese. You don't eat vegetables. <laughs> we we don't. don't. We don't. We do not. <laughs> Nothing green goes in my mouth. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> Unless it's chopped up into a super. That's the only place that I would consume a vegetable was in a soup. Yeah. And even then, like some of the more popular soups that the Portuguese make, they still not a vegetable in sight, like a conjo. <laughs> oh, no. It's just galenia. It's just rice and chicken. And rice water. and chicken. That's it. <laughs> My dog loves a good conjo. Oh. <laughs> Who doesn't? Who doesn't? This is the last one under this British food folklore. Blackberries. Michaelmas, the 29th of September, is a celebration of the Archangel Michael. It also traditionally marks the day when Michael cast the devil out of heaven. According to British folklore, the devil not only had a long fall, but he also had a very painful landing in a blackberry patch, getting torn by its thorns. I'll give you a moment to process that. <laughs> this gave Lucifer a lasting hatred of blackberries. Folklore says that blackberries must never be picked after Michaelmas because on this day, the devil takes his revenge on the berries. In some tellings of the story, the devil touches the berries and poisons them. But in others, he does something more extreme. Whether he spits on them, urinates or defecates, 
depends on who's telling the tale. Why are you shitting on blackberries? The devil shits <laughs> on the blackberries <laughs> after September 29th. <laughs> And not a day late, not a day earlier. <laughs> what time zone do you think <laughs> is like the line of demarcation? I would think it would be. Are we going by like Big Ben time in London or is this like. I was going to say it has to be whatever British time area it is. <laughs> yes, if you don't want to fuck with the devil, you don't want to eat blackberries. The devil fucking had a long fall that he's still mad about, apparently. <laughs> Into a blackberry patch. How much are you mad at that, though? Like, just eat some blackberries and call it a day. Shove it down your gullet. He's taking his revenge on the berries? What? Like, the berries were just doing their thing. Being berries. <laughs> They were just all like photosynthesis. Like, I love the sun. <laughs> the devil's the one who fucking came and squashed their ass into jam. So I don't know why he's <laughs> taking it out on the berries. No, I agree. The berries should have a bone to pick with the devil. You shouldn't be pissing on anything, you know, R. Kelly. <laughs> and not, you don't need to be defecating on fucking blackberries. <laughs> People eat blackberries. <laughs> Again. Back to the blood test. <laughs> this is why we needed it. <laughs> this is a wild episode, guys. We are. We've got a little bit of everything. It's a freaky Friday. So we're, uh, we're just all, all over the place. <laughs> I mean, we started in federal crimes. We moved into devil shitting on the blackberries. And now we're going into nostalgia topic, which we chose the TV show Street Smarts which aired from 2000 to 2005. Did we find out what network that aired on? USA. USA. I, oh USA. my God, that's such a nostalgia thing in and of itself, right? That doesn't exist anymore. Is it not a channel anymore? It's gotta be, because like Law and Order gets repeated, used to be repeated on USA all the time. Oh, who know? Still a thing. Still a thing? Okay. Still a thing. It sounded nostalgic to me because I don't watch it <laughs> anymore. But... No, same. Like, I don't have cables. I don't watch, like, anything on TV anymore. So Street Smarts was a show that we decided we were going to go back and just kind of, like, dabble in watching, like, a couple episodes just to see what the hell we were watching back then. And we just want to share that with you. I forgot about this show until you mentioned it the other day. And I was like, oh, I kind of remember it. I'm like, I knew what you were talking about. But I also was getting confused with Smart House from Disney. <laughs> it has nothing to do with anything. But it just had the smart in it. So until I YouTubed it and actually like watched an episode, I was like, holy shit. Did it all come back and, to you? Yes, all came back to me. So there is a YouTube channel. I don't know what it's called. Just Google like Street Smarts YouTube. And it's, and it's just a treasure trove. The host is really funny. He was funny, but I don't think he ever did anything else. Like, I feel like that's like the only thing he ever did. That was his thing. And that's it. Just to jog people's memory. If you're kind of like a little vague on it and you're like, what is that show? It was where they would interview three quote unquote savants. They're using the term sarcastically. In a like street style interview where, you know, kind of go up to people on the street and you're like, hey, do you know what the capital of the United States is or whatever? 
the way that this one was a little bit different is that they would go to like where these people were located. So it was almost like the people would like apply to be on the show. This host would travel to where they were instead of it just being like him out on the street in front of the studio, just taking random passerbys. He would go on location to wherever these people were and he would ask them questions and it would all be pre-recorded. And then the game show part of it would start when two contestants would come on that were competing against each other and they would have to guess. There was like kind of like a few different rounds to the show. So there was like the first round was who knew it. They had to guess. They would hear the question and they would have to guess which one of those three people would have gotten it correct. Then they had the who blew it round. You have to guess who would have gotten it wrong just based on your limited interaction of seeing these people introduce themselves in a clip. And then they had like a pick your pony round where they would like pick a person and they would have to guess if they were going to get it right or wrong. And then a wager of death round at the end. And then there was a whole, this whole like dunce cap thing where if the host read a question and you didn't think that your opponent knew the answer, you would buzz in and you would give them the dunce cap and they would wear this like big pointy hat and they'd have to answer the question and if they didn't know it then like they they lost money or their opponent got money or something like that whatever and i think if you got it person had to wait the other person had to get the had to wear the dunce cap or something like that right yes so like if if they actually got it right they gave the dunce cap back to you so i watched one full episode and then like a bunch of clips it just brings you back to a time Again, 2000 to 2005, we were watching the most non-politically correct, like, just raunchy shit on TV. And we were like, I don't know, in 2000, what was I, 13? Yeah. (laughs) So you sent me a link to, it looked like it was the same episode that I saw. (laughs) I watched the clip and I was losing my shit because I thought the host was so cute and funny. Because he was like, I love my job when he got sent to the strip club. <laughs> so the host was sent to a strip club and he had to speak to, uh, he had to ask the dancer questions. And then same thing for the gay rodeo. The one clip that I watched of the gay rodeo was he had asked this man, oh, I heard that you have a talent. <laughs> and the guy's like, yeah, I have a talent. And he's like this big gay man. <laughs> gay cowboy and he's like yeah I, I have a talent and it's i can unzip pants with my teeth <laughs> so you see this cowboy pretty much going down on the hose unzippering the hose's jeans with his teeth but that's not something you would like see on tv now if you if that was you know what i mean where is the hr department on this show <laughs> Like this is this is this guy's job. Like this is an HR department. Where where are they? On the stripper one, they were like in the back dressing room. Yeah. When they were asking the dancer the questions. And so she's dressed fine, I think. I don't remember her not being dressed yeah. fine. Like she might have been in like a tank top or like shorts or something, but he's asking her the questions. And in the background is all just like naked dancers walking around changing their clothes. Like they're all just like pixelated like blurred out and it's just they're just nude around in the background as he's interviewing this girl i really enjoyed the host <laughs> he was just like so silly and he like leans over to her and like smells her and was like you smell like my ex-girlfriend 
like again when i say like just non-politically correct just not in a state that we're in today like you would not get away with this shit but the shit that they were saying is like this is how we grew up like this is the influence that we had this is how things were portrayed everywhere this is how everybody was and it's so crazy they'd ask a question and let's say the question was like food related and the three savants you know the three people that they were asking the questions to to choose from let's say one of them was heavier than the rest right they would ask the contestant to be like all right who do you think got this question right and she'd be like oh i think donna got it right because donna looks like she knows her way around some food and you're like you can't say that shit. no no you can't but back then people were as sensitive as before today and it was just like that was just a thing you know like whatever like that's how they fucking rolled back then i'm like holy shit so it's just it's very interesting to see these things encapsulated in time it's almost like a case study like you go back and you're like holy shit oh my god so just watch yeah. it you just like cringe the whole time at it but there's like so many shows now i'm like wow this would have got canceled if it was like made today like it was on air now oh big time yeah i'm trying to think of like what the funniest like specific questions and answers were and there was just a couple that are coming to mind so like that are just kind of funny and relative to what we talk about on the podcast and one of them was a bidet like you know the europeans we love our bidets right Mm -hmm. and so they asked this the stripper girl i think they asked her what is a bidet and she said it's a blend between a good day and a bad day bidet (laughs) i love that answer the other one I liked was about the Pope. And it was like, what's the first thing a Pope kisses when he visits another country? And I didn't really know this either. So like, I'm not in any way, shape or form making fun of the way these people answer these questions. But somebody said, oh, oh, the rings. They kiss the rings. And I was like, oh, like, I feel like that's a thing, right? Like, kiss rings. Yeah. So I thought like she was right. And they're like, the host was like, kisses whose rings? And she's like, you know, just like whoever's there, like just random fucking people is just kissing random rings. And he's like, that is incorrect. And then the other guy said he kisses bald people's heads. Like he just got, fucking <laughs> comes out of his Pope mobile and just starts kissing bald people's heads. So that was also incorrect. And apparently they kiss the ground. Like every new country that they land in, they like come out onto the tarmac off their little Air Force Pope over there. And they come down and they just kiss the tarmac. I think I know that, but I wouldn't have answered it right. Because I'm only knowing this because you're saying it and it's coming to me. But so then I went, of course, down the rabbit hole and I started Googling it. And some popes, like they get too old and they're too fragile to like bend at the waist and get all the way down to the tarmac. So like people would bring them like a little basket of soil. Like this is the soil of our land and you kiss it. And I'm like, this is why we get a GI bug. Blood test. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a clip that I watched where the guy was like, how do you pronounce this? <laughs> and the word was vacuum. And the girl, the way she said it, and she made it almost sound like she was saying raccoon. I wish I could like play it. So she was like saying raccoon, but with like a V, like va- vacuum. Like she wasn't saying it. And I was just dying because I was like, if I was on this show and they asked me to pronounce something, <laughs> I would fuck up. 
Oh, Nestle Toolhouse. <laughs> so as I'm watching these, I'm like, wow, this reminds me of like what you see on Instagram now. Like, I don't know if you like see any of those clips on Instagram where people like will just stop random people on the street. And- this was our thing first. <laughs> like Instagram just like stole it from Street Smart. Yeah, and I don't know that there was probably people doing it before Street Smarts too. Yeah. Like various shows used to do like like they would just go outside their studio and just like catch random people. Like I feel like Jay Leno used to have a clip like that, didn't he? They would call it jaywalking videos. Jay Leno walking around and it was he he himself. Like it wasn't like some other producer that'd go out there and like do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. I remember that out. Oh. Damn. <laughs> So hopefully we've triggered enough nostalgia for you that you want to go back and watch some Street Smarts because it was very, very entertaining. Even if you don't want to do the full episode, like just the clips were enough. Like watch the Gay Cowboy episode. That was a good one though. (laughs) Time for our mental health segment. This segment was triggered by me watching a Hank Green video on TikTok. He might have even been paraphrasing another TikTok creator's video that he saw. He was trying to give people generally a warning to beware of people or companies who use manipulation of negative emotions in media and content because it gets more views or money. It's basically like clickbait type of shit or clickbait concepts. And he had a whole video, it was several minutes long, and he went into a whole bunch of detail, but it just struck such a chord with me because these types of videos and content just infuriate me. It's like their goal or purpose is not to entertain or to inform or anything. It's literally to prey on the psychology of like your emotions and stuff just in order to gain what they want which is just view time or clicks or whatever it is that they're after to get money in the end you see it all the time in so many different ways and i'm just trying to think of some examples because it just i get so passionate about it infuriates the shit out of me but like clickbait headline titles are infuriating that you click and you're like you read the article and you're like that's this is nothing like what your headline was like teasing this big dramatic thing and you're like this is it but it goes beyond that. It goes into like those videos you'd see. I would see them on like Facebook, I think, originally, but people just doing the most like pointless shit. And uh, I don't even know how to explain it. Purposefully baking something really fucked up in a weird way. Like they'd be like, okay, I'm going to make this video and I'm going to make it seem like it's a legitimate like cooking video or tips but then i'm just gonna like put the most insane shit into this fucking pie so many of those do you know what i'm talking about and then they're just gonna like oh and then i'm gonna go throw it in the oven and then like it's like they're like wasteful or like i don't even know there would be like ones where people would be like painting their hair or something like i i saw like a video of some girl outside and it would be like the video would be like 10 minutes long and they're like, watch what happens at the end. Look at the end result. And it's literally just like trying to get you to the end of this video. They're just taking like paint, like real paint from like Home Depot or something mm-hmm. and all different colors. And they would just be like 
this blonde girl would just be sitting out there and they would just be like painting with a real paintbrush, just like strips down her hair in the most insane way. In this particular video, it was like it ended up being like a mannequin head. Like it wasn't even like a real girl sitting there. But like this whole time, you're just like you're quote unquote mesmerized by like, oh, my God, this girl's letting them paint her hair. Like it must work. You know, trust the process. It must turn out really good at the end, right? Like, what's going on? So you like you'd watch through like the whole video, and then at the end, like, there's no like resolution or result or anything. Like, they don't even show you like the end product that just like ends. And then it's just like people in the comments just being like, "Oh, such a waste of my time!" and blah blah blah. I can't believe it. It doesn't even show. Blah blah blah. But it's engagement. Like the comments. So it doesn't matter if they're positive or negative. It's engagement. It causes people to react and to comment on it, which further pushes the video out. The watch time further pushes the video out and it further helps them monetize that account. So they continue to make stupid fucking videos like this. And it goes for the same way. They're like, oh, get the end result in part two. So now you're like, hey, I just watched part one. I want to see what happens here. So now I go find the part two in the video. So now you're getting people to watch another video, like a second video. That's annoying too, but it's not exactly the same depending on what the video is about. So if it's truly like a video that's actually like interesting or entertaining or they're adding some value or information, like it's a little bit different. Yeah. They're baiting you on to continue with another part and they could have fit it all in one part or whatever it is. So it's annoying, but it's not to the same degree as like people purposefully creating shit with no, with no point, with no fucking point other than to keep your attention as long as possible so that they can gain a benefit from that it just infuriates me because there's so many examples of it no i've seen so many of the food ones yes and a lot of like influencers will make fun of it watch me make my homemade nachos and i'll be like a nacho the con candy with fucking cream sour cream and but then like it'll be like gross like it'll be some stuff but then it'll be like so many other like gross things on it and you're just watching it because they're like this can't possibly be good. Like, but you're like, now you're stuck to it and you're watching it because you want to see the outcome of this sloppy mess that they just made. <laughs> yes. And most of the time, their intent is literally just to make a fucking sloppy mess. And like, they're not, they have no intent of eating the food. They have no intent of it actually being good. Like, it seems very fucking wasteful, if you ask me. Right. Just a pointless money grab. Like, you're not providing people with real entertainment you're manipulating them into watching this video and it's annoying oh no i agree because especially like having my mom now on instagram and she doesn't really she knows kind of how it works but not really and if she watches like a video she's like kelly is this true like is this real is this true like does this really blah 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 and i'm like mom no like you can't you can't think everything you watch is real there's a lot of bullshit on instagram you kind of just have to take it as it is and you know, it will be like a lot of cleaning products. Like, oh, this will take blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, mom, you think that really, like, that's really going to work? <laughs> like this homemade bullshit that they, like, yeah. So there's a lot of those videos on. It's, <laughs> there's a lot of them. It's like, if you see one, you just like keep getting them. So three things. One, yes. Um, as soon as you see one, if you watch one video all the way through, they think that's, what you like and so they just feed you more and more and more and more and more until you're fucking like oh my god i can't take any more of this topic two you giving that example of your mom is perfect and it's exactly why i hate this shit because it preys on people who don't know the difference between something that's real or not 
or people who are naive enough to believe whatever it is that is out there or put in front of them. And it's they're new to absorbing this type of information and they're not aware of the tactics that people are using and their motives and and how the algorithms work and all this shit. So they are so susceptible to being tricked by these things. And it just mm-hmm. makes me so mad that they're, that's who they're preying on. They're preying on these poor people who are just so innocently just sitting there and they don't know enough to know that that's junk. Yeah. And then three, your mom would be on cleaning products Instagram. <laughs> Like, why is it like her whole feed just like cleaning products? Like, because it's all she like looks at and wants. And like, they just keep showing her cleaning products. Like, Maria, here's some fabuloso. She's always just trying to find grease cleaners for the uh, for the stove. That's all she wants. She wants to find a good grease cleaner. <laughs> That's all she wants is a good one. There's a lot of like gimmicky, scammy looking ones that come up. And obviously, I can't read it because it's like, you know, it's translated as hard. So I'm just like, that doesn't look right, Mom. Like, just keep going with it. Like, it's just, just got, just going up. So there's just so much of it. Her Instagram is food and cleaning products. <laughs> so, if any of our listeners have a good grease cleaner to recommend to Kelly's mom, just let us know. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> the less attention that we give them collectively as a whole, the better it will be. As soon as they stop being rewarded for what they're doing. So if people stop watching the videos, they're no longer getting our attention, then they can't monetize off of that and they will create different videos. It's like Hank Green's video specifically said, like, people create the content that performs well. And so if these gimmicky things are performing well because we're all being sucked in and watching them, then that's what's going to continue to be created and pushed out to us. So we need to stop fucking watching them. And that's it. It'll take the power away from them and they'll stop creating this shit. Well, the only time it will pop up is if I'm on my explore page and I'm kind of just going down and it pops up. But for the most part, I'm pretty good at not seeing any of those. (laughs) I had a while where I was seeing a bunch of weird ass food ones. I was driving. I was like, I watched one food thing, and how am I getting now a bunch of them on my explore page? You know, this is this is to a much lesser degree. This isn't like the types of accounts that I am talking about here with the hatred for. But those five minute crafts, get the fuck out of here. Those were so big for a while. Like, what I don't know. I was like, oh, I don't think I know this. Or five minute hacks, or something to that effect. Oh, maybe the hacks. It would just cycle through these like life hacks and you'd look oh, at them yeah, and you're like, these are the dumbest those. fucking things I've ever seen in my life. No one would ever do that. That's way more difficult than just doing it the right way, the normal way. And it was, oh, those used to piss me off too. But Yeah, I used to see those a lot too. <laughs> but they would perform so well because people love to tell you what you're doing wrong. So they would do these things like wrong on purpose in these videos or do things that were so fucking asinine. And people would get in the comments and be like, I can't believe you're doing it that way, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, guys, you're just helping them. Yeah, you're just creating more traffic. You're just creating more traffic for this video. Yeah. So pretty much the internet is the devil. (laughs) The devil eats blackberries. But please watch all of our videos. (laughs) Sorry, we won't have any crafts. We won't have any tips on life hacks. (laughs) 
I need a life hack. <laughs> we are hopefully providing entertainment to you guys so we're not just manipulating your emotions. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, this was a very passionate episode. A lot of drama today. <laughs> I'm off to make my cockle bread. Good night. Good night, guys. And thanks for listening as always.